Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Great. Well, I'm very privileged uh, to have a fantastic panel with me here today to talk about the future of radio in South Africa specifically digital radio and uh, two technologies, uh, D, uh, DRM or Digital Radio Mondial, which as I understand it is effectively a replacement over time for the AM band, and uh, Digital Audio Broadcasting or DAB Plus technology, which um, is the digital version, if you like, of FM as I understand it. And I may get corrected as we go on through this, uh, through this session this morning. But before we get kicked off, I'd like to go around the table and uh, introduce uh, the guests I have here today. Starting with Omar Essek. Uh, Omar is CEO of Prime Media Broadcasting, which of course includes um, radio stations such as 702 and Cape Talk and others. We have uh, Chris Jubert, who's CEO of Broadcom International, representing Dr. Rolf Peterson from Radio Pulpit Media Group, and he's a member of the South African DRM Consortium. Next up, we have Lynn Mansfield, who's the chairman of Sadiba, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Southern African Digital, Digital Broadcasting, Broadcasting Association. Association. And uh, last but not least, we have Dave Cherry, who is chairman of the joint Sadiba NAB Digital Working Group. And uh, Dave also works, of course, at uh, Classic FM. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Morning. Great. Well, I'd like to kick off with um, an overview. Perhaps I could even call it a, an education session on exactly what uh, digital radio is. And Dave, maybe I can uh, ask you to, to jump in first. Um, can you give us a broad overview of... Um, of what digital radio is, what, how it differs to the FM and AM broadcast that we, we know at the moment. And once you've done that, perhaps you, you've been in charge of the DAB Plus trial that's happened here in South Africa. Perhaps you could pro provide us with some detailed information about what that tr trial involved and what your learnings from it were. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, currently, all radio, as you know, is broadcast um, uses, using analog technology on the transmission side of, of, uh, of the transmission. Um, and when we move to digital, everything on the transmission side moves to a digital format as well. So currently, a lot of radio stations use um, digital outputs, digital studio consoles, et cetera, et cetera. But it all gets converted back to analog to go into the normal FM transmitter or an AM transmitter or shortwave transmitter. And, and then the receiver at the receiving end, of course, does the whole process, um, demodulates it all back into something that you can listen to, but all in analog. Um, digital radio, the whole stream right across should be digital from beginning to end, including inside the receiver. Um, so that's, that's sort of the main basic difference. The advantages are, there are nu numerous advantages, um, and one of the reasons why this, uh, we, we've looked at digital radio is that here in South Africa at the moment, we have three major centers, it's Johannesburg, uh, Western Cape, and a bit in Durban, where FM frequencies, for example, 
um, there is no more capacity to give uh, new broadcasters mm. or existing broadcasters um, capacity to, to um, broadcast an FM. Um, and, the, and the band's very congested. So um, nobody can expand, um, and that's a problem. And if signals are given, if your caster does uh, give out licenses, it usually can cause to the new broadcaster and some existing interference problems. So it, it's a different um, form of technology in that it's just so much more economical mm. from a broadcaster and a transmission point of view. Um, you can put many more services on a single transmitter. It's more frequency efficient um, for both technologies and you can get more services and that's really where that that's really the main aim and it gives of course there's place for new incumbents there's place for existing stations to expand or grow um, it all depends what 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 the what the policy is and how you look at it um, we in South Africa so far I'm not saying it's what the policy is mm. but we don't envisage like for example FM being switched off for digital for quite a while still okay if so I look to coexist Oh, yes, yes, yeah. the two. And you'll find that um, what's being made at the moment uh, for receivers and that, they usually have FM and either DAB Plus or, or, or FM and DRM or, or even multi-band receivers. Mm. Um, like in the old days when you had FM, medium wave and short wave, it's a similar sort of effect. Right. So um, that's, that's where the, the real sort of economy is going. And for a, a national a public broadcaster like the SABC with its huge network, and I know Lynn will... Or, um, can bring it in. It has an extreme cost saving for them in the long term right. over what they're paying at the moment um, for all the transmitters. If we look at what we did with the trial, we had uh, 20 services running um, on one transmitter, one 10 kilowatt transmitter. To do that on FM, we would have had to have 20 FM transmitters running at 10 kilowatts. So you can immediately see the drop in costs for power consumption, plant, etc., etc. Mm. Um, it also allows broadcasters to do more. So it's not just radio and sound. You can bring multimedia into it. And it doesn't matter which of the two technologies, they've all got multimedia capacity. Right. And so we had on our trial, we had slideshows, we had live news bulletins, um, live sports bulletins. Um, some were just purely just slides of station logos. Um, just different things like that. It depended what our trialists wanted to do. Some didn't want to go too far into it because they didn't have a budget for it and those sort mm -hmm. of things. And so we tried to do it and at least do something of everything. Yes. That was the whole idea of it. Okay. Um, so what, what are some of those things that you can do? I mean, you may, you, you've touched on them, but um, as, as a consumer, and I get one of these uh, DAB Plus, for example, handset, uh, uh, receivers, what is it actually going to do that's different to the radio I understand okay. today? When it comes to the tra transmission side, the first thing it does um, is it eliminates multipath FM reception. Um, you don't have that effect when you're driving around. It goes whoosh, whoosh as you've right. got FM. That problem is eliminated. So you're listening virtually to almost, almost I use, a, a, a good CD quality all the time. Yes. So it makes much 
better use of the airwaves as well, like digital television, for example? You oh, it's, 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 yeah, it, mm. it does, because it says, mm. the, as I said, we, you can go up to 24 services right. on DAB Plus um, with reason. You can actually go to 30, but that would be mono radio services. Right. Um, and not really supported to do okay. that. But 24 seems to be the max that okay. you go on one transmitter. Uh, and sorry for the basic question, but um, the FM uses a particular s- set of frequencies, obviously. Um, yeah. This, I presume, has also got a reserved set of frequencies. What, what frequencies are we looking at? It, it operates at the, uh, currently um, in what we know as Band 3, VHF yeah. Band 3, okay. currently occupied by analog television. Oh, right. Um, in other parts of the world, not. But we have that, and that's why in this particular trial we had to find capacity or spaced fit in so that we could t- carry out the trial on that okay um, so before commercial launch there's going to have to be some sort of migration no for commercial launch of DAB no no yeah. the, the, the the TV migration would have to take has place. to take place first. yes okay um, and but the particular frequency that we have um, identified that we can use and is is available at 10 uh, 10 sites countrywide at right. the moment. you could go on immediately and we could actually switch on if you had a max of, say, 2024 20, mm. services, you could go and put in seven um, metropoles as we, as we speak now. Okay. Without too much... Um, it, it's, most of these sites are, are um, vertically polarized. Some are horizontal, but that's another technical issue. But we would be able to go on, switch on, mm. um, without the analog television going off. They could yes. coexist at this particular point in okay. time. Okay. So the you, you've had this this trial you know, on DAB Plus technology. When 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 was it started? Is it finished now? No, or is it no, no, no. It's um, it started. The whole process started in 2012. Okay, right. but that's all admin getting things together, getting people on board, getting Centec together. You know, mm. seeing what they would do in that, and they came to the party with the whole thing um, by providing the transmission facilities. Um, and that was a process. They have got to go through tenders and things mm. like that. So it takes time. Um, the actual official on air, we first time we went on air was in um, November, November uh, 2014. Okay. Okay. And we ran initially while equipment was coming out um, for a month on the old DAB standard, which is still used in the UK, mm-hmm. just to remind ourselves of the problems well it's not really problems but there are some artifacts with that system and it's because of the error correction um, being virtually non-existent when you have an old DAB signal as you go into a a valuable weak signal area you get a bit of a warbling effect and we call that sort of bubble and squeak because that's what it sounds like DAB plus removes that altogether because it has error correction in it so we wanted just to remind ourselves and then part of the trial um, DAB plus gives you uh, extra coverage over what DAB did, uh, terrestrial coverage. So we wanted to see um, scientifically did that actually show up. Wider footprint around a yes. Okay. So if you were using the older DAB technology and you moved to DAB plus, you actually get increased coverage. Okay. Um, because of the fact that you get away from that bubble and squeak, right. that, that wobbling effect, uh, you don't get it at all. You go right out until it hit the cutoff. Okay. So we ran that for a month. We only had uh, five services on it, and then we switched over, I think it was the 13th of December, uh, that um, year, to DAB+. Plus. Just a software update? Um, no, it was on, well, onto a different thing. It is okay. a software update yeah. if you want to. It's because okay. it's just an audio code. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Switched over, and then we were adding services. And we had, um, we took, we had five SABC services. Mm-hmm. We had a mixture of mostly all the Joburg commercial and a mixture of um, some community radio services. 
who suddenly found that they had the same footprint yes. as some of the big commercial guys and they were smiling from ear to ear. But that wasn't the actual intention of mm, it. Mm. The intention of it was to actually let them experience what it's about. Mm, mm. Um, because they were, li- were told that this is, not, this is not final. This is not what it's going to be like. Mm. The regulator could choose different scenarios. So, but they, they en- so it was to try and get everybody a little bit of a chance to actually okay. experience it. And did any consumers have a chance to listen to these broadcasts? Um, initially, we th- were trying to keep it as, as a closed trial. Okay. But, like all good things, um, the word goes around. Yeah. Suddenly there were receivers in Musica <laughs> around a whole lot of places, <laughs> and you could buy receivers. But mm. they were all FM um, dual. dual things with usually Bluetooth playable, uh, play out. So the idea was not to give them, um, we, we specifically said, um, this is to anybody, do mm. not market these things as DAB plus mm. receivers. Mm. If you want to sell them, it's an FM, it's a, it's, it's a Bluetooth for your cell phone, you can play music across mm. it. And that's what most of them did. But motor cars arrived in the country with DAB uh, plus receivers. Um, BMW installed DAB receivers for the Australian market for the cars they assemble here. Mm. And so they've been very much part of the trial. Ford Motor Company discovered that virtually every single radio in their cars are DAB plus, but not activated. So a software activation before it comes out, and they've decided just to make them active from now on. Oh, right. So there's a lot more. So all new Ford cars? Virtually all Ford cars, yeah. Um, It's a Sony car receiver. There's no color screen with Mm. it, so you don't get the slideshow facility. But you do get the audio. Okay. Okay. I suppose that makes up a little bit for the Ford Cougar. So there's no, that, that was one of the cars that, that, that was the first car that told us that there was a dab receiver. Oh, was it? In, in, because somebody, some lady at the SABC mm. um, was driving to work and she was telling, talking to people, saying, but I'm listening to LM Radio. <laughs> LM Radio? You know, in the car. Well, yes. There's only one way you can listen to LM Radio in the car at that particular time was with Dab Plus. Yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, look, look, Duncan, can I just add Yeah, of to course the, you can. Please jump in. Um, I think what we wanted to to do, uh, and we've done a similar thing with digital television, is to test it to ensure that it'll work in the South African environment um, and to identify the benefits Mm -hmm. um, as a closed user group before people rush out there and buy receivers. Mm. We were pretty confident, both with DRM and and DAB Plus before we Mm. kicked off the trial, that they would work in the South African context. But we wanted to be 100% sure. And I think uh, Chris can, can speak from the DRM, the investment. Mm. But in um, the trial that we've done to date, yeah. there's been almost a 20 million rand investment. Um, so I think people really are assured. Files? No, no, that's, that's, that's the, the DAB. And I think Chris will, will give sure. indication of figures for, for DRM. So substantial amounts of money. Yes. Um, to, t- to test this technology. And one of the criteria that we wanted to do is to test whether DAB Plus and DRM can coexist in South Africa, which we've proven categorically it can. Mm-hmm. Also that it can coexist with the existing FM. As Dave said, there are no plans presently to, to switch off FM. Mm-hmm. The only country in the world, as you've published a while back, yes. was Nor- Norway, and they're doing it on a phased approach till mm-hmm. the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Every other country is, is sitting saying that FM will, will remain just due to the fact of the number of receivers out there mm. um, and give people time to, to, to replace them. Sure. Um, there are areas, particularly in Europe, where it's hotting up, where people want to 
to pursue this and, and, and to get to a point where they can switch off FM mm. just due to the cost savings mm. from a transmission point mm. of view. But when we were speaking to the Australians, they were very perturbed that the car manufacturers are going to now produce cars with only a DAB plus receiver, <laughs> no FM. Oh. And, and you know, they fought, the, the commercial radio people in Australia fought mm. to ensure that it, they retain the FM. And, and that's happened to date. Okay. In these technologies, when you look at the, the migration of, of television from analog to digital, it, it's almost the replacement using pretty much the same spectrum um, and digitizing it and using it more ef efficiently mm -hmm. and it yields a digital dividend which can be used for the introduction of new services. In radio, it, the introduction of digital radio can almost be seen as the introduction of a new service. And it does not mean and that people cannot be on multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, if you ha hold a license, but that's still part of the regulatory thing that we need to go through, is that people can have their content on different platforms. Mm. So it's not like television where there's an urgency and that the mobile operators need to get access to that spectrum to provide broadband. It's, it's not like the FM band is sitting there waiting to be used by the mobile operators. No. <coughs> I think digital radio, particularly the DAB, is, 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 is looking at, at the analog migration and the switch off of the analog services mm. in VHF Band mm. 3 so that they can utilize some of that spectrum. Mm. And some of that spectrum has been reserved by uh, our regulator, CASA, to introduce DAB. Ah. Um, Chris can speak to medium wave, what happens with medium wave mm. and DRM, because it's really the same spectrum. Um, but if we look at all the communication services, the telecommunication services, television, mm. they've all migrated to digital. Radio is, is last to go. Mm. So, you know, it is, it is eminent that radio at some point will migrate mm. uh, because of the benefits. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before we get on to, to DRM and Chris, I'm going to come to you in a minute. Um, the trial that you've run on DAB+, what, uh, Dave, have you, what, what have your learnings been? Have there, have there been any surprises coming out of it? Or is it all pretty much run to what your expectations were? No, there've been uh, there've been some there've been some challenges. Yeah, I can first of all sort of just let you know that the license, the new license, has been granted last Thursday, and we've got uh, another eight-month period that will be on trial. Okay, but uh, we've now been given the choice this time from Mikasa to choose when we want to start and when we want to close the trial. Okay, um, previously it was just like, well, that's the date and you go. Right, you know, but. Having been off since, oh, I think, uh, end of August last year or around about that time, of course, we can't just go and switch on the transmitter because there will be things that will have, that won't work initially mm. because we'll have to go and reset things and all sure. that type of thing. But the biggest, the, the major technical challenge was really, um, there were two things. We wanted to test um, with Johannesburg and Pretoria as a single frequency mm. network whether the vertical polarization of Pretoria and the horizontal polarization of Johannesburg, whether they w we would get a cross-polarization effect, uh, uh, um, almost a circular polarization, um, and whether there was a benefit of either, and okay. which was better. Because we had to look at, if we introduce this, there are some towers where Centic will have to change the antenna systems to vertical or horizontal, depending on what we had to do. So that, that was one of the, the challenges. Just, just explain what the difference is between the two and why you would be testing the difference. Okay. The, well, it's the way polarization is the way the signal is, is sent out from the antennas. Right. I mean, horizontal, it just means that the signal is, travels in a horizontal way. 
um, it tends to get bounced uh, around and and uh, it, it gets shadowed quite quickly behind mountains and okay. effects like that. Whereas vertical tends to go a little bit over mountains easier. Oh, okay. Um, it still reflects just the same, mm -hmm. but it tends to go around. Um, and it's also, for the, you know, it, it was traditional in the FM scenario to be vertical because most of the car antennas on cars were vertical. So mm. you wanted to have, you went vertical so that the car antenna on a car radio right. was correct. Um, and we wanted to see whether the whether there was benefits or what there were what the, whether there were any on that. We that was one of the issues. The other major issue was combining the signal with the existing analog television on the same antenna system, the same band, mm. to see whether we could operate at, at high power. Um, we found that in Johannesburg we had some issues with combiners. It was particular manufacturer. The, the one in Johannesburg was resolved. The one in Pretoria is a problem in that it's a bit too close to an existing TV uh, signal, which would have to go in time. So we weren't able to operate that transmitter on full power okay. um, for most of the trial. We did have it up for about five days. All it did was cause a bit of interference to SABC3, I think, in mm. Pretoria. So rather than have that, um, we turned it down because okay. we're not allowed to do that with a trial. Um, but what we did find... Um, is that we've the results showed that coverage-wise we met FM, mm -hmm. we got the same, we didn't um, reduce with the same uh, coverage. Um, there is definitely a benefit to go vertical. Uh, we got there's a 6 dB uh, gain on it um, and, and coverage, which made quite a big difference. So for us to go to DAB, you could start a service on horizontal. Mm. But sometime during that, you need to have somewhere to come on air so that you can change it. You either change it beforehand or not. But as there will be analog television already running on horizontal in Johannesburg mm -hmm. until switch off, what is the gap? You know, this is all those sort of things. Um, reliability and, and, and synchronization, we found, wasn't, wasn't too much of an issue. Um, we had one day where Pretoria went out of sync, but it was quickly brought back into it. But if it does, it can cause strange things. We also wanted to measure um, coverage mm. and to see what happens. Do we get gains and nulls, etc.? And we didn't really find evidence of that too much. The other thing that was important was we wanted building, building penetration testing. Okay. The idea is that um, we have a lot of shopping centers. We have a lot of underground car parks. Mm -hmm. We have people that drive in listening to a news bulletin, et cetera, on their car, and they want to ba an FM, the signal will get noisy and hissy, mm. but they can still maybe hear what's happening. Mm. With DAB, the signal would be on all off. the way, but where it got bad, it would be a complete shut. Yes. And whether that was an issue, and that's why originally the, the high power was chosen, because yeah. this was the highest power um, test ever tried by anybody in the world at this power. Most countries, the Australian. What was the power output? Well, the transmitter is a, is 10 kilowatts, and if you go, it, it, it's 100 kilowatts ERP. Now, in Australia, the highest transmitter power is 5 kilowatts, so it's 50 kilowatts ERP. <laughs> it's half the power, 3 dBs down. But we we wanted to see for it was really for building penetration because mm. um, it's no point driving into into a, a, an underground parking lot like here. Mm. Um, like in Melrose and you, you get nothing. Mm -hmm. You come in a, you know, maybe 10 meters in and suddenly it's gone. But there's other things about that. You can actually put in small little gap fillers mm. Mm. which are like 5 watt repeaters. They're yeah. all on the same frequency. Yeah. So um, that, that would cater. And of course, if you put in a gap filler, all the services that are on it 
all get the benefit of it. Right. You know, it's not just, oh, well, that guy put it in, so you can't have it. You know, mm. Everybody gets. Okay. So it's all equal. Um, so th that was the, the main on, 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 the, on the transmission testing. Um, on the audio testing, we tried different bit rates. We had classic FM to see what, how it affected classical music, all the way down to um, a station which is not, it, it was just a program called Spoken World, which is tape aids for the blind to see um, whether we could go right down in bit rates mm. and see what the quality differences are. Um, and we, we, we came to a choice that you can do stations at 40 kilobits, pop radio sounds great. Mm. 32 kilobits, not too bad, but the trick with that, to get that right, is to use good audio processing in your studio. Mm. And we looked at the UK market, what they're doing there, because they've managed to get, um, they've got a couple of DAB Plus services that are using 32 kilobits as their main national uh, bit rate. And their format, like a, a station like Jazz FM, their format needs to have good quality, otherwise yep. it'll sound terrible. But if you listen to their format on with the audio processing, it's 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 great. Okay. It doesn't. It sounds like a 64 kilobit service. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, mm -hmm. and we're busy looking at that because we we hope to have a bit of a workshop coming up shortly where one of the um, people coming out is a, an expert in audio processing, um, specifically for DAB. Okay. And to see how we can look at it because they've got pop stations at 24 kilobits in, 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 in stereo, mm -hmm. and you think, whoa. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's pushing it a bit too far down, you know, yeah. for, for that codec. Final question on the, on the, on the, on the DAB Plus trial. You, it ended in August last year, is that right? Uh, August, yes. That's right, August right. last year. Yeah. Okay, and it's, it's, you're going to bring it back online yes, within Icasa, the next few weeks? ICASA gave it a rest. Um, mm. you know, there was processes that had to take place, and they, it was last week they approved it. Uh, and so when do you think you'll be back on air? We meet on Wednesday, the group, and yeah. we'll take a decision, and we'll have a look at how it fits, how it fits with Centec, because, yeah. you know, okay. it, and that. And but we'll likely to be the coming couple of months? No, we no. wanted in a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and last question on the on the DAB Plus trial. It's only been in Gauteng so far. In this next phase of the trial, do you have any plans to take it uh, wider to uh, maybe Cape Town or KZN? We would like to. We would have liked to have taken it to Cape Town. Mm -hmm. um, I think the mountains provide a fantastic opportunity to see what happens. Remember with the DAB, the D that, that signal mm. um, reflections actually. Are not a waste like with FM. Don't cause multipath. The actual receiver uses reflected signals, oh. so you don't know when you're listening to a DAB plus signal on an ordinary receiver whether you're actually listening to the direct signal mm. or the reflected signal. Um, you can, don't so the, the reflections can actually enhance the signal. It enhances it. Okay. That's why you don't get that multipath effect. So I mean, the mountain's actually an advantage for us. Well, it could do. <laughs> it could do, and that's that's the whole thing. But yeah. it's 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 the cost. It's mm. um, and of course, Cape Town is desperate for something uh, like it because there's, there's no FM frequencies that are available. That are clear. Oh, right. right. Um, I mean, the band is really congested mm. down there as well. Mm. Um, so FM, you, you, you can put somebody on in FM, but it just means your interference level just comes right down to mm. a very narrow band. Okay. So you can't drive far before the interference takes over. Right. You know, not like the old days where you could go miles and FM was quite pretty clear okay. for most of the way until yeah. it faded out. Mm. Um, not anymore. So that would be KZN, uh, not really. Um, yeah, there, there are challenges with the value of a thousand hills. Um, and I don't think the Alveston transmitter, which is the band three yeah. there, is horizontally paralyzed. It would have to be changed to vertical to get a proper effect. Okay. So, and Cape, Cape Town, of course, is vertical immediately. So it wouldn't be too much of an issue. 
Um, okay. But the idea is the originally why we, we were based here is that because the industry is here, most of the participants mm. and people uh, and also um, and in a lot of cases the decision makers are in, in this area mm. and we wanted to show them the diff right. what, what it is, you know, and yeah. so that they can actually hear the difference and see what they think. Okay. Great. Um, uh, Dave, I'm going to come back to you. We're going to talk more about uh, uh, um, the uh, commercial side of this and uh, and Lynn also about the regulatory and policy side of it. But uh, I think, Chris, let's get to you and talk a bit about DRM. Um, am I right in thinking that this is an AM replacement or, 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 or a adjunct to AM uh, technologies? And uh, how does it differ to uh, what the guys are doing with DAB Plus? Is it a complementary technology or does it compete with it? Well, thanks, Duncan. Um, DRM is started off as a as an AM replacement. In other words, to to enhance the quality on normal traditional AM broadcast, uh, medium wave, long wave, short wave, and it, it has been extended uh, recently also to include uh, a DRM service on on FM as well. So it's not only on the AM. So it can be also used on on FM. Um, from outside, what we've done with uh, I'm speaking on behalf of Radio Pulpit Media Group. They operate two medium wave stations, one in Cape Town, 7 to 9 kilohertz, and uh, one in uh, Gauteng on uh, 657 kilohertz. And they were introduced to DRM, I think back in 2006, there was a conference sponsored by uh, Deutsche Welle in Rwanda. And basically what they've seen there is with the dem demonstration broadcast there that you can actually have enhanced coverage and quality. Because AM has the problem with quality in terms of bandwidth and also at night time you have extended coverage but you have uh, the, the, worst, uh, the interference and, uh, and, and the problems with AM. So DRM can eliminate those and they were then interested to to test these capabilities and see how far they can go because Radio Pulpit being a medium wave broadcaster their mission is to to eventually cover national coverage on, on medium wave um, they joined the DAB trial as well when when that was on air. So they also looking at, at DAB plus as a as a DAB plus as a, as an option. Um, Rodcom then joined Radio Pulpit to, as a technical support entity to to develop a trial broadcast, and uh, that was uh, that started in uh, mid two thousand fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, to look at what DRM can achieve uh, later during the before the trial starts, Centec also joined into the uh, the group and they also were part of the trial. Uh, and then uh, the trial was set up and it was it ran for 18, 18 months. So it was it just Radio Pulpit on 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 this test, or was it the other stations involved as well? At that time, we started off the first six months. We started off with Radio Pulpit, and we wanted part of the announcements with DRM is the same as. Uh, as DAB Plus is multiple channels as well as uh, the added features, mm. features that you can. So we want to demonstrate that. We ended up with running two services on one AM frequency. Now, the difference with DRM is that it, it occupies the traditional frequency spectrum. It's, there's no spectrum or licensing issues in terms of DRM. So we demonstrate that so they coexist with the analog service? They is can coexist, yes. Okay. Yes, they Without can interference, they can just... Do you have to do you have to make spectrum available, or is it uh, does it simply ride on top of the same carrier? It's, it is within the same channel occupancy, nine kilohertz for AM uh, medium wave, for example. Okay. It occupies exactly. It fits in with this with the mm. frequency plan. Okay. It's no, there's no interference. Um, I lost my track. What do you so, asking so a question? Yeah. So the. Um, 
And this isn't like the, as I understand it, this isn't like the AM service as we know it. I mean, if I drive around town listening to AM and there's a thunderstorm in the area, I hear lots of crackle, crackling yes. on the radio. This is crystal clear, isn't it? Yes, this mm. is uh, FM-like, FM-like coverage, yes. Mm. Um, what we've seen with the trial is, obviously, when you read the, the there's been many trials done overseas. Uh, it, the technology has been proven, but we wanted to see for ourselves what we can achieve, uh, the same as with uh, DAB+. Plus. What, mm. what is the local conditions like? So we set up a DRM trial using a 10-kilowatt AM transmitter mm. um, on 1440 kilohertz. Where did you do this? That's from a station just north of Pretoria, okay. Camildrif area. Um, 10-kilowatt uh, trial. Um, and on, during that trial, we had two services running, BBC World Service as well as Radio Pulpit. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, there was also a multimedia uh, transmission, data transmission, we managed to include, for example, RSS feeds from Pretoria News, uh, RSS feeds from BBC World Service. So while you listen to your radio, you can also sort of n- read the news highlights mm. and all this. There's additional features like uh, like slideshows, which we didn't test at that time uh, due to limitations of time to do that. But uh, that is the features that, uh, that DRM offers. Mm. But the main thing is the extended coverage for less power. That mm. we've demonstrated and we've seen that. We basically see about an increase of 70% in coverage compared to AM, 60, 60 dB microvolt signal. And in terms of power consumption, you're probably mm. at less than 50% of the energy consumption mm. for that extended coverage. Okay. So there's a huge benefit. And you can add, without frequency or spectrum mm. implications, you can add two services mm. on one frequency. Mm. And how does it differ to AM? I mean, I, I used to listen to a lot of AM radio back in the day, Capital Radio 604. I grew up in, in KwaZulu Hotel. Um, and I know, I know at night the quality was a lot better. The signal traveled better at night. Is this the same with DRM technology or is it quite different? It, it is basically the same. At mm. nighttime you'll have the SkyWave component. During yeah. the day there's ground wave on, on medium wave. Mm. At nighttime the SkyWave component uh, is there. Uh, I've listened to D, uh, DRM, the pulpit radio D, uh, DRM signal in Botswana, crystal clear. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was sitting in a hotel area where there's lots of uh, Wi-Fi and, and, and interference from uh, from uh, lights and stuff. Mm. Switching to DRM, it was immediately crystal clear. Interesting. Yes. Is there cross-border interference issues with that then? No, uh, medium wave has this implication of sky wave components. So yeah. In terms of the frequency planning, that has been incorporated and, uh, okay. in, uh, in HFCC. Yeah. Yeah. Coordination. Yeah. So no, there's no implications now. Mm. As long as you stick within your power. Mm. Now limits. AM is always in South Africa anyway. It seems to be in a bit of a poor stepchild. If you go through the AM band and there's not a lot of channels there. Um, do you think with the move to DRM that might change? Do you think that there'll be more commercial interest in in uh, in launching um, medium wave services? Well, the quality aspect is the quality improvement is there. Um, I think, uh, from speaking from Radio Pulpit, they are. They at the moment they are on medium wave and they they looked at how they can improve. They want to add a, a second channel, and this allows them without any uh, licensing implications. Mm. So in terms of the extended coverage outside the cities, DAB Plus I think is a, is a perfect and wonderful system for for the for the populated areas. But in the rural areas, you you might have a problem, and that's where DRM and the medium wave. Mm. Uh, propagation characteristics gives you advantage to penetrate those areas as well. Okay. And and through your trial, is your trial still running, by the way? No, the, right, the trial ended October 2015. Are you going to be renewing it? Or have there you is, spoken to there the is plans. There's okay. talk about that because what uh, things that we didn't test was, uh, and Lynn referred that to that, in, is the is the handshaking between DRM and DAB+. Remember mm. the digital radio format 
in future nobody will care about the frequency. Mm. You'll select the station and your receiver will then find the station for you either on DRM or DAB+. Mm. Once you leave that uh, coverage area, it will automatically, by, by means of the signaling system, system will find the new broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So in future, nobody will will tune into frequencies. They will tune into station names. Okay, okay. That's a big advantage that the radio system will mm-hmm. offer. So we... You can have a you can have a mix of of uh, coverage of, of, of signal broadcast on DAB plus and analog for that matter as well, and also on DRM. And your mm. receiver will take care to mm. give you the the best signal. Okay. And your trial did it throw up anything interesting? Were there any unexpected uh, results from it? There was no real ex- uh, unexpected results. We what we have seen, which we were not very happy with, there was uh, there's a, f- a range of uh, domestic receivers that was uh, already on the market, old design, and we weren't happy with the, with the quality on the, on, the, on the receivers in terms of uh, se- sensitivity. And uh, with a new trial that we are planning to 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 look into this uh, extended features like uh, handshaking between DRM and DAB. We also would like to evaluate the newer generation receivers okay. that is available. Okay, great stuff. Thanks, Chris. So I'd like to get to Omar Essek, uh, CEO of Prime Media Broadcasting. Um, Omar, um, you've um, obviously been um, following these trials with a great deal of interest. Uh, I don't know, have you been actually been broadcasting some of your channels on, on, on DAB or DRM? Yeah, they have. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, they have been. Okay. So, w- from a commercial perspective, is this something that's really got you excited? Do you do you think this is a huge opportunity for the commercial radio sector, uh, for Prime Media Broadcasting specifically? Um, where do you see this uh, developing in the next couple of years? Okay, so, I think uh, the principle that everybody's spoken about, the greater efficiency that it creates, the mm. opportunity to broadcast more signals, there's no question that from a media owner's side, that sounds like um, a great opportunity because we, we understand that the reality of our current situation is that we don't have sufficient formats to service uh, all tastes in yep. music. So mm-hmm. we tend to be pretty generic and yeah. we find some sort of middle ground that tries to get us as many audiences as possible. And therefore, for example, rock lovers or reggae lovers or uh, lovers of certain types of music, just specifically on music, um, tend to have to look elsewhere mm. for their content because they won't find it on our services. There's just not enough of them. Mm. And our, uh, because of the scarcity of spectrum, we all are going to tend to go to, like I say, the lowest common denominator. Sure. What's the format or styles of music that are most commonly going to be enjoyed or mm. appreciated and therefore gives us enough of an audience that we can sell? So classic, for example, struggles because it's a very niche format. Mm. Um, and and it will be possible for classic to try other formats and if they're you know, well programmed it could do better uh, on aggregate so certainly from a media owner's perspective yes as a matter of principle this is positive where i have uh, significant concerns is take up mm-hmm. so when we look at the countries where dab currently exists they're all massive middle class countries mm. or better actually and the reason norway can afford to switch off is a small population of very wealthy people. Um, this, I do not see currently DAB Plus in India. Mm-hmm. I don't see it uh, in China. Maybe it's there, but until, until we get a couple of things starting to happen, it's not something that I'd want to move forward with in South Africa because ultimately for every broadcaster, whether it's the SABC or us, because you call me commercial, but the reality is I compete with the SABC. Sure. 
There's also a political consideration here around community broadcasters. We need that the technology serves all people, exactly like we're doing with the transition to DTT. There's a subsidy because there are people who can't afford it. Now, there's no use bringing a technology into this country if we can't have receivers mm. available at costs that people can afford. In fact, I believe that people are probably not even going to buy receivers. Uh, it's much better, and Lynn and I have had this conversation, mm. if we can get integrated DAB Plus into mobile phones. Right. The advantage over IP, you were talking earlier about IP, is that it doesn't take a cent off your uh, uh, bundle, your airtime bundle. Mm. So therefore, every person, no matter how little they earn, mm. can, on their device, mobile device, mm continue to receive radio free, mm. which is what radio is always meant to be. And mobile I think that will mobile phones are already the biggest source of people listening to radio. It has to be. Mm. Uh, mm. But it, we must continue. So mm. getting it on cars, mm. it's not enough. Mm. I mean, how many cars are on this road versus 52 million people? Mm. So it, everything about the technology that we adopt must be cognizant of our huge disparities mm. in economic wealth. And therefore, we must find... Um, and I, think, uh, and, I, and I think between Dave and, and Lynn and everybody, we all understand this, mm -hmm. that if we can get um, Android phones into the country that all come DAB Plus ready, mm. DRM ready even, then we've got a proposition. Mm. But if it's a car-driven proposition, the reality in this country, the vast majority of listening is actually in the home mm. because the vast majority of the people in South Africa are not employed. Yes. They're not commuting. They're sitting at home. Right. So we need um, the, uh, the technology to be on mobile devices, mm. in my uh, view, mm -hmm. and they must come in on inexpensive mobile devices mm. and therefore access for everyone. Mm. Then it becomes successful. You look at a country like the UK that's had this going on for over 15 years. You guys know better than I how long it's been. Mm. And yet penetration still hasn't got to 100% of the population, mm. um, which is why there's always going to be, you know, FM running in some of those countries. But everything around our context for a commercial broadcaster like myself for the SABC is about access. Mm -hmm. If everybody has access, then I think it's a no-brainer for mm -hmm. us. So, so that's, you know, I think mm -hmm. that's the first proposition. Agreed. All the benefits for media owners is, you know, better capability to serve a number of services, to be able to aggregate audiences, to be able to get audiences passionate about radio again, no question, mm. because you can serve up so many services. The other thing that keeps coming up for me is, is something that was brought up earlier. The more services you apply to a particular um, position on the dial, the more compression you need, mm. the more potential harm to the quality of the signal. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be mindful of those issues as well. So, uh, so if I think purely as a media owner, yes, I can see the advantage. If I think purely from commercial terms, until we're able to ensure that there's universal access mm. um, to this technology, mm. uh, it's going to be a big problem. Okay. I want to come back to that. It's a, a fascinating point you raise about the, the smartphones. And I know that um, uh, Lynn uh, LG announced last year that they had introduced a, a, a smartphone with integrated DAB plus technology built or inter a DAB receiver built into it. Um, but it doesn't seem to be uh, um, enjoying sort of broad support, support from the smartphone manufacturers. What, what is the reason for that? And um, do you think it's going to change? And how can it change? Yeah, I think um, at at the uh, in Paris last year, the first uh, LG Stylus Two was launched yes. with an inbuilt uh, DAB uh, Plus receiver and an FM receiver. And in fact, we have one. Yeah, which we can demonstrate to you as soon as our trial is 
back up and running. Okay. Um, we didn't do not even have a, a SIM card in that in that phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as as Omar said, it, it uses no data, mm. and I think that that's been the limitation of a lot of the streaming services. Mm. People enjoy it until they realize they get the bill at the end of the month and, and they see what uh, amount of money that data has cost them. This phone, it actually receives directly from the, the DAB Plus transmitter and the FM transmitter. Um, and there, in, in particular in Australia, there's a lot of um, cross-communication um, from the cell phone operators and the broadcasters and joint ventures mm. to promote these devices. Um, in South Africa, if you look at the LG uh, website, it, it shows that it has um, a DAB Plus radio and an FM radio um, I- in it. When you go into the cell phones it, uh, networks, it becomes silent around these issues. Right. So I think that those are issues that we, we as broadcasters then need to, to work very closely with the um, cell phone distributors and the network operators mm. to ensure that these devices will have have that uh, reception capability mm. because all of a sudden everybody has a device that can receive it mm. and you know if you if you look at how many f- uh, phones actually are capable of receiving fm and it looks like the, you know that, that has been um, made null and void you can't actually access it so i think that is the first thing when you look in the, in the UK, uh, a large proportion of the vehicles that are available uh, off the shelf as a standard uh, include a DAB Plus radio. And there are retrofit kits that are sanctioned by the manufacturers. Then very simplistically, they add um, some equipment under your dashboard and your, your radio then receives um, DAB Plus. So, you know, everybody's not going to replace their car, their vehicle just mm. to get a, a new radio. So, you know, a lot of countries have done a lot of work to ensure that the, the penetration of, of radios. Um, but what has also driven it, in uh, particularly in the, in, in the UK, is niche services. So a mother station launches a, a lot of other stations. Mm. If you look in like Absolute Radio, they have Absolute 60s, Absolute 70s. Um, so then you can listen to exactly what you want to listen to. You don't have to listen to a whole bunch of stuff hoping that uh, music that you like will, will pop up. Uh, and I think, you know, those are issues that, that we need to look at is that ability. It also provides the uh, – both uh, technologies provide you to, to cater for emergency services a lot better than we presently can, mm. which is very, very important. Also, it has um, a, da- a screen that you can get additional data on there. So you can actually, tuning the radio is much simpler. You can get the CD cover information mm-hmm. about the artist playing. So you're adding a lot of, of other um, technologies there. Mm-hmm. And they've recently launched a color uh, screen in, in DAB Plus radios that's very, very affordable. The I was recently in in uh, the UK, and you can buy a radio for twenty dollars, uh, a DAB Plus radio for twenty dollars. So you know, hopefully, at some point in time, you'll get dual standard radios that can handle FM, DRM, and DAB Plus at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Price, mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot a lot is waiting for the 
the countries like India and China to move yes. to get these devices. Do we do we need do we need uh, those markets to deploy digital radio before we start to see them in these twenty dollar feature phones? No, for no, example? no, no. I say the uh, the cell phones already have. Uh, some of the well, mm. the first cell phone has it. Yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll just see if other people take it up, other manufacturers take up and, mm. and make this device. Is the actual chipset or whatever you call it that you put in the phone quite pricey compared to the FM one? I don't think there's any differential in mm. in the cost of the receiver. Um, you know, people are buying the the that particular LG phone mm. uh, with contracts, and 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 it's hidden in there. Mm. So I don't think you're paying a premium just because it has that technology built mm. into it. Um, but you know, the, the, so those are issues you know that that mm. will drive the take up of of radio. It almost seems like a chicken and egg situation. I mean, um, do you you know you build the service, you build the network, but then do the consumers come and can they come because can they get the receivers? Um, it almost seems like someone has to pull the trigger. Yeah, you know, there are over four hundred commercial receivers available. Okay, um, that can receive DAB plus and, and FM. Um, a whole range mm. of, of receivers. I've got one that can also access 17,000 um, internet radio services mm. from anywhere in the world mm. in any format mm. As uh, on top of this. So, you know, economics uh, will play a role that you probably find people will have scalable radios as they have disposable income. Mm. Um, but, you know, re the, the trick is, is to get it to the masses mm. at an affordable price. Okay. And actually to give them benefits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose this um, good, it may be a good point to, to, to bring in my question about uh, internet radio and, um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I th maybe it's a bit ironic that we're, we're doing this interview in the form of a podcast that's going to be distributed on the internet, but um, it's, um, you know, we're, we're, people are becoming more comfortable with the idea of, of streaming content. Now, um, I know you, you say that um, th that doesn't apply to the mass market. It's, it's maybe the, the top LSMs who are doing that at the moment, but that may change down the line as, as broadband gets cheaper and especially as mobile broadband gets cheaper um do you, do you think that um internet is the internet and internet streaming and podcasting and internet radio and etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, is going to make um traditional broadcast mechanisms including future broadcast mechanisms like dab plus irrelevant you know they are presently as i said there's there are over seventeen thousand um streaming services available in uh, internet services mm. available and in the UK and Australia, radio is still surviving. Yeah, you know, radio is a portable medium, and I think that's yeah. its that's its strength. Mm -hmm. And and I think I look at television and radio. Television is is a one to many medium. Radio is a one to one. Mm. That announcer speaking to me, yes, uh, and and there's a relationship, and it's mobile. You know, the shepherd in the field takes his radio. That's his friend. That's where he gets his information from. Easy and convenient. And, uh, yeah. Mm. So, even in 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 countries where um, data rates and cell phones as, is, a, is a flat rate. Mm. So people, when they're streaming, don't actually cost the money. They're still listening to radio. Yes. So, you know, I think in, in, in South Africa and in, in large parts of Africa, the, the cost of, of actually streaming that, mm. um, you know, it's, it's quite scary. Yeah. You get the bill at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So I think going forward, even in countries where they have flat rate services, mm. radios, the traditional radio is still surviving. Mm. And in fact, those radio services also have internet radio services, you know, that cross-promote one another. So the device that you have at the time determines how you access that particular radio service. Mm. Um, but I don't personally see it as a, as a threat that radio will stop because of this. Mm.
Okay. Just other one thing is copyright problems as well. If you take, for example, radio in the UK. Uh-huh. Now, there's a lot of stations on the internet, but you can only listen to some because they have to pay mm-hmm. if they want to go outside um, the country. So they, they limit their audience a lot to just UK-based mm-hmm. people, and it's an additional cost for them to go out. So a lot of them have cut back. So a lot of the stations you can't stream. Yes, the names are all there and it would mm. be nice, but the moment there's 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 ways around it. I mean, mm. some some ask for postal codes of the UK postal codes, so you look up. <laughs> <laughs> you sometimes can get that, <laughs> but then others are a little bit more clever on it and say, "Sorry, can't do." They're lucky out yeah. Just another one thing. Just uh, mm. Dab is available in China. Just uh, oh, it is. Uh, it's available mm-hmm. in Hong Kong and it's available in Shanghai and Beijing. Okay. Mm. Okay. Hong Kong has got a big service there. Um, Far East as well, um, Indonesia, there's Mm. national uh, PBS Mm. services. Now, that's a country we could see receivers coming from that part of the world as well Mm. because, um, I mean, they've they've put their whole public broadcasting system onto DAB+. Mm. Uh, So there's quite a lot of interest um, around that sort of Indochina Mm. area Mm. as such. The, the, The difference with India is, you know, FM was only introduced to India... It's not that old. Um, it was traditionally an AM country. Yes. Um, and it services. And the initial FM was introduced in India to actually private commercial radio uh-huh. services based in major cities. Right. And that's where it. That's where it's grown. Um, it wasn't really the PBS that pushed it in India at all. And it's actually in private hands, mm, most of the FM back. Okay. But what's happening with an Indian DRM? Sorry. Uh, yes, no, no. That's is, is that the D- they've decided to do a DRM implementation. So they're running simulcast services covering uh, 70% of the population with AM and next to it a DRM service. Okay. But so I think... Sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. But, but I think that um, <clears throat> when you look at, uh, again, Indian habit mm-hmm. around listening to radio because private radio only came about in the year 2000. Yes. Um, it is very much driven by mobile phone listening. Okay. Mm. So this idea of devices yeah. mm. that you will take and put on a bookshelf in your home is obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to come to that. Yeah. Uh, we need to recognize that. It does sound to me that that's going to be the big barrier, is, is actually getting these DAB receivers into phones. Well, that, yeah, exactly. Well, but yeah. that's the phones key thing. That we've got. Yeah. We must mm. push... For, for it to work here and for it to work in countries like India, mm. it has to be integrated into mobile devices. No right. question about yeah. it. Okay. Okay. The, the, the mobile device that came out, the LG, is not a top-range phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, uh, LG decided to take a middle of the road. Um, it, w- it was sold. It, MTM was selling it. Vodacom was selling it. Yeah. I don't, obviously not pushing the, 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 that side of it. Mm. But it was about 4,000 Rand for the phone at okay. that time. Is that the only phone that's in the market with a DAB receiver at the moment? Yes, because I've done a lot of, uh, you know, um, f- there's a lot, there's a, there's interesting things about it. The um, cell phone manufacturers have to talk to network operators, and there's a lot of problems between that because network operators don't really want to promote the FM or the DAB on a cell phone. Mm. They want you to go and spend data and use their mm-hmm. service. Mm. So they're not. They're not happy about free-to-air services as much as we'd like to. But it's a well-known fact in this country that you actually cannot sell an entry-level phone unless it has an FM receiver in it. People won't buy it. Yeah, no, it's got to have that. Mm. But they they started with the middle of the road, Mm. and they said the the next batch would be the cheap phones. Right. um, LG. The LGs, Mm -hmm. and see who else bites into Mm. it. It's been the take-up has been very very good in Australia. 
oh, yes. in, in parts of Europe. Um, the Australians have pushed it ex you know, heavily yeah. and they've done very well with it. Um, and of course, what's quite nice for a broadcast, I mm. mean, if you look at the value add on a cell phone, you've got the color screen, so you had the slideshow, you had all the bits and pieces. Yeah. And then you have the interactivity between the station and you can develop your own private app for your DAB service from the station, your marketing mm. and all that, and draw your... So mm. the Aussies loved it. Right. From that right. point of view. Okay. <laughs> so is there, is there any sign at this stage that other cell phone manufacturers are going to start to integrate this? I know, I know we've got Mobile World Congress coming up in Barcelona in a couple of weeks where no doubt mm. there'll be a whole lot of announcements, but are, are, there any, are Samsung or any other manufacturers talking about this? You know, it's difficult to say. I mean, I think Samsung have other issues that they're maybe not sort of worrying about <laughs> to have at this stage. Sure maybe later, <laughs> maybe later, you know. And you're getting all these things. But let's let's look at a company like, well, not a company, but the new the new Nokia, let's call it that. Yeah. Um, it's a cheap, made-in-China type phone, but it's going to have all the bits and pieces that they want to have. And maybe they will be the next crowd that mm. will do it. Mm. Um, because that has always been... The traditional market was the sort of yep. really the bottom end range of phones. Yes. So maybe, but uh, it's difficult to say. I mean, I'm sure they watch and see what's happening. I suppose they watch, they see where, where the commercial networks are becoming available. And yeah, They've um, got to look at that. And also you mm. have another thing with, with, with the, the mobile operator. Mobile operators push a lot, have a lot of pull there. Mm. There are other technologies like LTE broadcast. Yeah. Now, LTE broadcast, they can say, oh, you can replace your whole network. You don't, why do you need radio to do it all and that? Yeah, it's never free. Mm. but And it does work. It's not a problem, except that it's expensive and costly, and it's not it's not a cheap technology to do okay. at this stage. Um, it might as, as it gets developed, mm. but it's not there yet. It's a mm. long way off. Mm. Okay. I, I wanted to ask about, um, about uh, what services you put on DAB. Um, you know, it, it would seem logical to me that, that if you re just replicate the FM band uh, and and put the same channels on DAB, it's not going no. to attract consumers. Do you have to, I mean, would it be advisable to for the regulator to license a completely new set of services for DAB? It, we, we, we think possibly a, a twofold scenario. I think it would be unfair if existing can't for simple fact that you right. might have like Prime Media Group, the classic FM crowd. Right. We can't expand. Yeah. Now, we have niche services, mm -hmm. niche, a niche market. We're never going to be massive, huge listeners. Mm -hmm. But we, we can't go out there and say, well, we'd like to be in Cape Town, we'd like to be in Bloemfontein or whatever, mm -hmm. because there's no FM frequency. And also, at currently, there's no national policy mm -hmm. for private radio. So it's, it's, it's all regional-based yeah. at the moment. So definitely um, from that, I think... It, that's what the trial did. We took some existing services, yep. PBS services. Yeah. Um, we took services that were not available, like the LM radio, um, the community service like Mix FM, which um, we were prepared to participate onto it. Just to try and get a choice. You know, we put in 20 services, and then we put in tape aids for the blind, which was the 20, uh, 21st service. And that was the most amazing exercise, because mm. here you think... You know, you you hear people get these tapes or little flash disks and whatever yeah. else, but what does it actually tell? Yes. And we did it. We called the the service a spoken word, mm. and with that, we were and it's it's magazines, it's read magazines. So you've got a potential there mm. for doing audiobooks. Mm -hmm. You can even do a commercial service, and you pay for the royalties and whatever for audiobooks. Mm. So there's so many additional genres and bits and pieces mm. that you can add. Mm. Um, and, and you know, and there's so much choice and sure. that you could do with it. 
Let me, let me ask uh, Mar to, to jump in there. I mean, obviously people want to, the, the idea is to attract people onto this new platform. Um, can you do that using existing radio stations or do you need to, to come up with a differentiated offering for DAB? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, I think I said up front that um, w one of the, because of the scarcity of spectrum currently, we are limited in terms of how we format our radio stations. Yes. Mm. So we look for, so we end up overlapping with each other. We tend to, uh, to default to, um, in particular in music, yeah. with, uh, with the kinds of formats and songs that have the broadest possible appeal. Yeah in order to be commercially viable. So digital could diversify the radio it Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, the absolute example is a mm. good one. I think Dave or Lynn brought it up. Oh, Lynn, yeah. So you're then able to look at 60s and 70s and mm. 80s. Right now, mm. if I'm a fan of the Beatles, mm. I can only get it on, well, my easiest place to get it is YouTube, actually. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, I'm, I'm stuck. Or my own collection, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so uh, so many people are underserved in this market as yeah. a result of the scarcity. Yeah. So it definitely opens that up. Okay. But it must be, as I said, it's simultaneous. There is a chicken and egg. Simultaneously, mm. it must be totally and completely accessible. Mm. And I think then we will have a very, very vibrant, very diverse, mm. very exciting radio market. And it's about aggregating. Then I mean, mm. it, it's going to be much tougher. Mm. Commercially, it's already very difficult. Mm. When we're going through an economic situation like we are right now, there isn't that much advertising to go around. Yes. Mm. So opening up seven or eight other streams of opportunity doesn't necessarily mean that automatically they're going to okay, be advertising mm. is going to be times X or yeah. Y because yeah. it isn't. Mm. Yes. And I think that's going to be the difficulty we're going to have to contend with. It happened in the UK uh -huh. early on in the DAB transition. People handed back their licenses because they just couldn't support these new mm. services mm. from a commercial point of view. So I think that's going to be one of the challenges. There's okay. going to have to be a proper feasibility done. Right. There must be. Okay. ICASA has a responsibility to do that so that we don't license mm. for failure. Mm. Okay. I want to I want to come back to the trial that that the DAB plus trial that you're going sure. to be launching again in the next couple of weeks. The next phase of this is this going to is this next stage of the trial going to be more open to the public? Um, it's we hope to do two well, divided into two parts. Yeah. Um, over the eight months, the idea is we want to trial a, one technology that we weren't with the current. Um, scenario with the current equipment that is there. Yeah. And it's called dynamic bit rate allocation. Um, this is where you have a certain allocated bit rate mm. and in that you can pop up whatever you want to do because that, that's the other buzzword of course is pop-up stations mm. and it's very, very it's very, very easy to do it with the AB Plus. Mm. It's to pop up a station for a weekend, whatever, for a special event, that type of thing. Now, dynamic bit rate allocation says, well, okay, if I've got 64 kilobits, that would normally be maybe one station. Mm. Um, it could be two stations at 32 kilobits. But if I want to do a pop up station, I can split that. And the broadcaster controls that split mm. right from the, from the studio and mm. says, okay, well, this weekend, we're going to, we've got a special event on, um, we've sold it, da, 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 but we'd like to start it on a Friday, promote it, or a Thursday, promote it, goes off on a Sunday evening at <coughs> midnight, whatever. The broadcaster can do all of that um, without affecting Centic, having to be involved, mm -hmm. and, and the radios will automatically find the extra stations. Okay. Okay, so it pops up. The SABC has a thing like for Radio 2000. They want to do um, uh, sports commentaries in different languages. Right. Suddenly they can, a soccer match comes up, they can take a bit of bandwidth and say, right, okay, we've got five, five or four 
um, language services there. It runs for the duration of the, of the event. At the end, it goes back to music. All sorts of little pop-up things like that you can do. Um, now, the equipment that we have at the moment couldn't do that. Mm. We are about to get loaned or to come and do a trial of that equipment that will do that because that's the most exciting thing the Australians love. Well, and we want to see just how much, why they love it. Yeah. Because it gives so much more control to a broadcaster to do things. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to always go to your regulator and say, um, we'd like to have a, a, a short-term license for the weekend and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. No, what we can actually do here is that's our allocation. We've been told that's what we're allowed to play with. And that's what we can do, anything in that bit rate. Mm. And here we have. Um, the Australians were given 128 kilobits, which is quite excessive for, for, for DAB+. Plus. Mm. What did most stations do? Start two stations. <laughs> Some even put three into that. Mm. Um, much the same sort of thing like the absolute type scenario. Mm. And then you've got new things like UK radio, what they call okay. Union Jack radio, which the listener through his cell phone that chooses the playlist. Mm-hmm. What plays next? He gets a choice, and then he sort of says, oh, I would like that one next. And whoever gets through first gets the music. It's quite <laughs> interesting. Lots of things you can do there. Very interesting. You, see, you mentioned there was a second part to the… That's the first mm, part. Mm. Second part is the closed listener group of what we want stations to actually work and listen like. I mean, so the staff listen to it. They have a closed listener group, mm. whether it's advertising agencies or other different people in the group mm. um, that can listen to this. Okay. Um, don't want to go generally to the public. The problem is, you see, you, yeah. you put out receivers like that, yeah. then the trial stops yeah. like we had now. It wasn't concurrent. Sure. We wanted it to be concurrent. Let's, I can assure you the license applications were there, yeah, yeah. ready to go for concurrency. Right. It didn't happen. Okay. So then you get disappointment. Sure. So we don't want that. Yeah. So r- that's why we've never really marketed, marketed mm. as a service. Okay. But we want stations to play with it yes. and to see what... But Dave, I can, I can tell you right now that everyone listening to this podcast is going to be interested in knowing, okay, where can I go and buy a DAB <laughs> receiver and where can I start listening to this trial when it comes back online in a couple of weeks? So what, what advice would you give to an enthusiast who wants to check it out? Well, provided if they, if they can find one. Look, there are places that do bring them in. Yep. Um, if they can find one... Sure, enjoy it while it's there, but don't okay. expect it might to dra- throw a drama when it, when it yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah. Also wanted to ask: uh, Is it possible then to put a, a sub- to, to create subscription radio in DAB Plus format so that we can have really controversial stuff that you wouldn't, you know, you'd want people to pay for, like they have with satellite in the US? Is that it, possible? It 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 can be done. It's never been really pushed because right. of the freeness of radio. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to make radio a free medium all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynn can tell you all the ex- things that happen in America also with, with subscription-type-based radio. Never really taken off. But the technology, there is a space that you can do that. I mean, there's space in there talking to surround sound. Now, it sounds magnificent in a car. The Germans use it for all their classical radio stations ah, yes. in Germany. And the samples that we've heard of has been great. Yeah. We will do a surround sound test, but it's a very short thing that we want to do. Okay. So we got these closed listener groups. We also wanted to go out. I mean, the regulator doesn't even have receivers. I think mm. they've got one or two maybe that somebody's bought. Right. So that they also um, can, can listen to these mm. trials and, okay. and see what... And also for stations, you know, board of directors, you know, mm. their management. Mm. You know, these are the guys that are going to take the decisions, mm. or some of the decisions. Lynn? I think one has to be cautious, because you can, you can damage uh, this technology. Mm. Um, so, you know, you need to be ready. ready. Uh, all the policy issues need to be resolved. Yeah. All the regulatory issues need to be resolved. 
stations need to be licensed um, and then you need to see find out where they're going to be launched in which part of South Africa it it does not have help you know that there's um, a chain store has radios available throughout South Africa and it stays for a year in Johannesburg yeah um, you know so I think you know people should be cautious mm. when the time's right when there are real services on air then that's the right time mm. to go and purchase we had early adopters to the television uh, that went out and bought IDTVs with the DVB-T standard. Yes. The length of time that happened, South Africa decided on T2, those TVs don't work anymore. You need a, deco- uh, a set-top box to make it work again. So I think, you know, we're trying to contain this yeah. within, a, within a group to yeah. try and get feedback mm. of what their experience is, how do we enhance this, how do we improve, mm. and then commercial yeah so you know it's early days uh we're not years away from it mm. um you know we, we're quite hopeful with the investment that's been put into both of these trials yeah. that in the not too distant future there will be commercial services well Lynn, i think available. this is a good, good point to ask you and i know you're um you're plugged into what's happening from a regulatory and, and particularly from a policy perspective where where are we at the moment in terms of policy what has to happen from that side uh, before we can get to the point of uh, ICASA licensing commercial yeah. services? I think, um, you know, our regulator ICASA has, has, has thought forward and, and made provision in the frequency plan to allow the introduction of um, DAB in South Africa. Mm. And there are allocations in the frequency plan in VHF Band 3 to allow that. So they were very proactive in, in making the spectrum available mm. for that. From a policy point of view, um, we've had a lot of support from the Department of Communication and, and the Minister around digital radio. Whenever Sadiba's held a, a conference, um, we've always had uh, representatives from the regulator attending, from the DOC and from the Ministry attending mm-hmm. and, and support. So um, it's gone a long way. There is a draft um, Discussion digital radio discussion paper uh, out there that has been drafted there's, by the, department. There's, by the yep. department. There has been a lot of discussion between the department and the regulator, and we're hopeful that in the next month or so mm-hmm. uh, it will be published uh, in a government gazette for public comment. In draft form. In, in draft form. Mm-hmm. Once all the comments have been put in, then the policy can be um, published mm-hmm. and ICASA can continue with the, the regulatory process. So, so what form does that policy take? Is it a directive to ICASA or is it um, something that needs to be legislated? It would. It, the, the policy would be to get public comment yeah. um, before the policy is drafted. Mm-hmm. Typically the same route that was followed by the uh, television po- uh, policy, digital migration policy. I see. The, the similar route will be happen. But the regulator will be consulted. The regulator would then get a directive uh, from the minister then to commence with the regulatory process of developing the, reg- uh, the regulations. regulations. And I'm sure, as, as, as they've done with, with all other regulations, mm. it'll be published. We'll have an opportunity to comment mm. so that you know, all our concerns are addressed and, and put on the table mm. so that when, it's, when they start licensing uh, real services that they will succeed. So, so I think it's, it's very to, exciting. I know it's always difficult to, um, to, to, to make a prediction about when something's going to happen uh, because there's so many processes involved. But um, when, when do you think commercial services 
are likely to come on stream in South Africa? I think there is the issue. I, I think with, with DRM, um, there's, there's not a problem because the spectrum is there. Yes. Uh, so the, the, the very same spec, medium wave spectrum will work. Mm. For digital radio, for digital radio really to kick off in a DAB+, plus, you need the analog television services to, 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 to switch to off. Mm. But as Dave said, there is a little slither spectrum that we're presently using for the trial that can allow us to introduce the first DAB plus services okay. in the metropoles. Oh. Um, so I think, you know, by the time that this is taken off, we'll, we've seen the success, people have monitored it, then the real excitement will happen mm. and that's, that, that spectrum then will become available. Mm. Um, I envisage that the full-blown spectrum will, will only really be available within the next year or two. Mm. Um, but we can introduce both services uh, quite quickly okay. on, on some, you know, it, it really depends on, on, on the regulator. Mm. Great. Gentlemen, I think we have run out of time, but that's been an absolutely fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for availing yourselves to, for this podcast to uh, go through the plans. And I'm um, looking forward to the launch of the first commercial services and tr actually trying it out during the trial as well. Um, I think the message is if, uh, if you're a consumer and you uh, want to check out the trial, you can. You can get, uh, get the equipment, but uh, it's buyer beware. <laughs> Thank you again, and um, thanks for joining us today.